0: Jesus spent three years traveling, ministering, teaching, and healing. For three years, Jesus proclaimed that in him and through him, the kingdom of God had been opened for and to all people. Generations prior to Jesus' ministry, a person's ability to enter into the kingdom of God, to be in the presence of God, hinged upon their righteousness, and their righteousness hinged upon that person's ability to follow the law, noting the dotted I's and the crossed T's. The law is what made us holy or acceptable before God. Not the law itself, but rather a person's ability to follow the law. All of the law. Not just the top ten etched into stone tablets and brought down from Mount Sinai by Moses. 603 additions were made and a person's righteousness hinged upon whether or not they, you, could correctly interpret, apply, and obey the top ten plus the additional 603. In Jerusalem at Pentecost, the pilgrims gathered, the ones watching and mistaking the gathering Christians for being drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning. They were not in Jerusalem by happenstance. Pilgrims from all over the Jewish world gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate and remember the first Pentecost, remembering when God gave the law to Moses 50 days after the first Pentecost. Passover. Throughout his ministry, Jesus proclaimed that he had not come to destroy the law or the teaching of the prophets, as he was frequently accused of doing. Jesus did not teach anything new or revolutionary, although everything he did was new and revolutionary. No, Jesus was the fulfillment of Perfectly, of that which we had and continued to be unable to do for ourselves. And he talked, he ministered, he preached, and he healed for three years. And still, folks didn't get it. Time and time again, those who heard Jesus speak continued to look at themselves rather than the one Whom all of the law and prophecies hung upon. They did not get it. The disciples, the ones who were called and taught by Christ Himself, still needed reminders. They still needed a refresher as to who Jesus was and what He was doing. The disciples, these guys had full access. They had backstage credentials with Jesus, and they missed the subtle and not so subtle cues that Jesus gave. They had been set free. We have been set free. You have been set free. The Holy Spirit descended on the Pentecost crowd and there was no mistaking to be done. The barrier had been removed. The veil was torn when Christ took his last breath on Calvary. We have failed to live up to the demands of God. We can say that we love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that we love our neighbors as ourselves. We can say that we are doing our best to live perfectly as God is perfect, another command given by Christ. But trying is not perfection. We are fooling ourselves if we think we can follow the law, the top 10 and the 603 plus a few additions made by Jesus. We are fooling ourselves if we think we can follow that perfectly. We are reminded time and time again in the news that we are unable to do so. And that is where the clarity of the gospel steps in. The faithfulness of Jesus Christ begins precisely where our faithfulness has fallen short. On our behalf, in our place, regardless if you asked for it or not. The gospel good news answers the question asked by the apostles at Pentecost as converts who heard Peter preach. Peter, that guy who denied Jesus three times. They heard that guy preach and then they lined up and the the apostles asked, what must be done? What must they do? What must we do? Peter's answer nothing. And there's no line to read between or nonverbal nuance to pick up on. Peter did not preach a 613-step gospel with a little bit of Jesus sprinkled across the top for good measure. Peter told the new converts to trust in the gospel, to put their faith in Christ, and to trust, as St. Paul put it, that the Spirit has set you free from the law. For God has done what the law could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the just demands of the law might be fulfilled in us. The message of Pentecost, that message is that everything has been done, done for everyone, the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, using every language known so that there will be no mistake, no mistranslation, no nuanced miss or nonverbal misconstrued, came so that those present and us today might trust, we might believe, so that we will have faith grounded in the hard to believe, impossible, and yet all too real promise made by God in Jesus Christ. The demand of the law, obedience, and perfection, that has been given to you. Those have been given to everyone, not by what we can do, but rather by what has been done by Jesus Christ. The outpouring of the power of God will touch everyone and there's nothing we can do to stop this. Try as we might to sell Jesus flavored law, things like just be a good person and do your best and do some good things. Doing our best to hide our tells behind masks of unwritten and rewritten church law. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit at Pentecost tells us something else new life. New life for everything and everyone is present in Jesus Christ. The one who, while ascended and seated at the right hand of God, has promised to never abandon or forsake. The burden on us is not to control others or to even try to control the Holy Spirit as we share this news. Our task has never been greatness. Our task, given by Jesus Christ, reiterated at Pentecost so that all could hear and believe, is to do just that. Believe. To trust. To trust in and to have faith that the one who overcame the power of sin and death can and will do the same for you and through you. I offer it to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Son. In Holy Spirit. Amen.